Although this will be when when will this be released? This will be released. Well, this will be a whole <laughs> week, a whole week after the trailer came yeah. out. So still relevant. So will, will not. they know what trailer we're even talking about right now? If we were to just talk about it vaguely, yeah, because maybe there's another big, like even bigger trailer came out that came out like yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> if we don't say the name, <laughs> we don't say. Maybe they they dropped the Han Solo trailer because surely that's going to drop at some point soon. Mm. Oh, no, but then I'd have revealed we're not talking about the Han Solo trailer. Well, no, we're not don't. talking about the Han no. Solo trailer. We're talking about the trailer for Power Rangers, the movie 2. <laughs> I like it's the Power Rangers, the, the movie 2. <laughs> it's the two movie, the Power Rangers. The second... Keep up. Remember when it's... Now there's more. There's another one. <laughs> there's another Krispy Kreme to defend. Starring... Krispy Kreme. As Power Rangers. As, as, as all the Power Rangers. <laughs> Starring the staff of your local Krispy Kreme as the Power Rangers. No, the Avengers uh, Infinity War trailer came Yes, out. that's what Which, we're talking about. Which, who cares? But at the same time, it's what, like 11 years of build-up yeah. to this fucking movie? Well, I've, 2008, I think, is Iron Man, so it might even just, just be 10. It might just be 10 years. A but solid that's, 10. That's a lot of films. It's Lots happened. I know. It was it was quite. Uh, that's why I was excited watching it. I was watching it and I was like, "There's a lot of stuff in it that mm. like that it's fascinating. It's a uh, hopefully it'll be this fantastic payoff for all of these films we've been mm. watching. Because what's in it? There's the uh, obviously the Avengers. There's the Black Panther. There's Doctor Strange. It's Captain America's beard. Captain America's beard. I feel like Chris Evans always wants to wear a beard. He's like he's just not allowed on. to. And then like look right okay this one you're on the run. It's reasonable you might not have access to a razor. And he's like, Aye. he gives a little like fist pump, like, yes. I think that's because, like, isn't Avengers sponsored by Gillette? So they all have to be Chris Evans like, can I, can I have oh. a beard? For the love of God, please. Yeah, can I have everybody a beard? else gets a fucking beard. Robert Downey Jr. is sporting that goatee all the fucking time. Mark Ruffalo's always got a bit of stubble. Scruffle. Yeah. Everybody's body got a scruffle. Why can't I have some scruffle? Scruffle? Is that <laughs> a word I made up and just decided to run with it? <laughs> I like it. Shall we call it Scruffle? Scruffle. That's the name of Captain America's beard. Scruffles. Scruffles. <laughs> Scruffles the beard. Featuring the newest Avenger, Scruffles. <laughs> I can't wait for him to get a solo movie. That would be cool. Do you imagine if Marvel put out a solo beard movie before they put out a solo female movie. Oh, <laughs> fucking much of a slap in the face would that be? Because a beard's like an ultimate testament to man. <laughs> yeah, <that's> true. <laughs> <laughs> what if Vision gets a beard? Maybe that would be good. A nice then, big, like... then before they before um, just to top it off before they do another female movie out, they'll just make penis the movie. Yeah. <laughs> we just gotta make sure they're, they're like they're all in the boardroom going. But there's a lot of manly things we haven't got out of. Like, now, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. introducing the seventeenth adventure. It's man, man. <laughs> One day, a man was bitten by a radioactive man, <laughs> and man, man was born. It's just a regular guy. His real name's like. Glenn. Uh, <laughs> he's a regular man, but he's still better than a fucking woman, isn't he? Nothing wrong with the name Glenn. Just thought I'd throw that out there in case there's any Glenn's listening. <laughs> Nothing wrong with the name Glenn. 
No. Just off the, on the tip of my tongue, that was the most not generic. It's just not a generic name actually. Yeah, oh, did you? No, you're just about to call it bland. It's a good hearty name. Good Glenn. job, Glenn. Glenn. Glenn, if you're listening, you can say it really Scottish. Glenn. Glenn. I can't wait for the Scruffles movie. I'm excited about that. Now. Um, uh, but but yeah. Do, so I saw a thing. I read that Kevin Feige um, said that this 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 one will be like a definitive kind of it'll be a finale yeah to this whole 10 years of movies and so my thoughts were does that mean I can bail (laughs) after this one yeah because part of me feels like we watch them now I used to be really excited about them and then just gradually it's just wore me down yeah (laughs) and now I don't care um but I feel like now I'm at a point where like I go see them because it's like, whoa, it's all building up to the Avengers Aye. Infinity War. Once Infinity War comes out, though, it's like, well, yeah, Thor's probably going to patch it. Captain America's probably going to patch Aye. it. Iron Man's going to patch it. It's like... And you're going to be left got? with... Ant-Man? <laughs> Paul Rudd's Ant-Man? I like Paul Rudd. Kate from Lost as the Wasp? Remember Lost? <laughs> um, um, well, I've... The Vision? It's just like... Ugh. Um, these are good like yeah. B players they're not they're not A players no they're not like so good supporting but then um oh, sorry I lost good. that that's well good. done, yeah, good. Don't worry done. About it. I, I we're still here it's out, went out the door bye thought bye thought uh, it's cool that he's that they're gonna make a definitive end into this story though rather than just wait for everyone to get bored I know that obviously yeah. they're gonna make Marvel films uh, after it and until the sun explodes but at least, at least, if you have started off with Iron Man's Robert Downey Jr., you have a place for that to be finished. Yeah, and then they can just tell different stories after that. I like that. That's, That's really it because cool. he's like, "Oh yeah, we're doing a, it's going to be a, a a finale." I'm kind of thinking, "Oh yeah, finale," but you got another Ant Man movie, you got another Spider Man movie, and you got another Ca- Guardians of the Galaxy movie, like all coming out. And another Avengers film. With it, is there? There's two, isn't there? No, I it, was... It, it was originally supposed to be Infinity War Part 1, Part 2, but they've not named the second Infinity War yet. They're oh. changing the name. I think that there is still a fourth Avengers oh, film. Oh, Christ. But this... Oh, so I can't jump shit. <laughs> <laughs> not oh. straight after this one. I believe what will probably happen, or I don't know, but like what will probably happen is this film will leave on a cliffhanger of some sort. Mm-hmm. And then maybe... It doesn't sound like a finale to me. Well, um, then Avengers 4, like, because isn't that due out the year afterwards? I have no idea. Uh, I can't remember. Maybe, maybe this has all changed, because this was a while back. Mm. But um, the, when they did that big announcement where they told you, like, the next few years of uh, Marvel films just straight up. Yeah. Um, and then uh, this will probably leave on some sort of big cliffhanger. And then probably at the end of the film, I wouldn't mind betting that they'll reveal what the name of the next Avengers film is. Mm. And it'll be a big sort of reveal of whatever it is. Whether it be a, a World War Hulk where like Avengers 4, World War Hulk or something like that. Yeah. Like some sort of reveal of a title that makes fans go, ah! Do you think they would, I don't and, think they would and give. general uh, people go, huh? I don't think what? they would give an Avengers film like a subtitle with a specific like good guy in the hit in the title. Well, World War Hulk would be him as the bad guy. Uh, that's true so like I guess it would make a bit more sense yeah if he was do you think they'd built up because do you think if you do Thanos and then you try to make the next villain the Hulk is that thank you Car you're being loud thank you Um, well it would I guess it would depends because like Hulk's in the next Infinity War if Hulk 
it would only be viable to make Hulk the fourth Avengers villain if he wasn't able like if he was able to defeat Thanos yeah because otherwise he's a weaker villain yeah. than Thanos but then I'm only, I only said World War Hulk as an example off the top of my head no I get well, yeah, I'm I not, get, yeah. I'm not hypothesizing that the fourth of Avengers film will be about fighting the Hulk because really they did that in um, Age of Ultron mm. but like that would be the kind of thing where it'd be a title where every like all the comic fans would know exactly what it means and stuff mm-hmm that's true that's true I think that would work pretty well it'd be good because you'd have some kind of personal stakes uh, involved well like um, that's why Chris Evans reluctant bid not have her yeah, is uh, doing two like he's doing three and four because he said he Marvel pitched the idea of Captain America's arc over Avengers 3 and Avengers 4 and he decided to do it because he's only contracted for Infinity War because mm-hmm. even from the start Chris Evans has never really wanted to do this 100% yeah. He kind of seems to enjoy it a bit more now, but at the start he was like, he was like, they were like nine movies, and he was like, no, six. No, let's fucking tone it. <laughs> six, six movies were on Captain America. Let's dial that back a bit, uh-huh. mate. Um, and then they were like seven, and he was like, all right, go on. Then. Oh, bloody, go on. You bloody twisted me. If, arm. if you're gonna pay me millions anyway, <laughs> go on then, lads. Come yeah. on, I'll do it. Come on. Do I get to keep the bid? Okay, you get to keep the bit. Oh, except if I get to keep the bit, scruffles. You know, the weirdest part of the trailer is in every shot, basically, that Doctor Strange and his pal are in. They've just got their little hands up and they've got their little orange discs. And it just doesn't look right. Yeah? It looks very like they've been tracked onto their hands. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't look like that's actually there. It looks like someone is dragging the image oh, okay. along with their hands. It looks real weird. But it's just every single time they're on screen, they've just got their little hands up and they're like... Oh, we got our little shield hands. <laughs> so is that going to defend you against big boy, big boy Thanos? Apparently, buddy, what's he called? What's he called? What's the name of that actor? Fuck. Why am I Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin. He's just going to be the villain in all superhero movie things now. Aye. This and Deadpool. Oh, he's not the villain in Deadpool. Is he not? He's Cable, which is like... I don't know anything about Deadpool. Uh, Deadpool. Deadpool's famous for... Like, one of Deadpool's... He's famous for bloody... Flipping Breaking John, the fourth wall. <laughs> oh, look, look at the wall. It's broken. <laughs> Look at my penis. Good. Um, he's known f- uh, for working with Cable. It's like a like a buddy cop. They're buddy cops. Uh, okay. Although I'm afraid, like, because I don't really, I've never read Deadpool Cable comics. But like, as far as I understand, Deadpool's the comic one, and Cable is a super straight man. Okay. And like, that's why it works. Yeah. But like, the whole picture of Josh Brolin with his finger out going shh. Looks like they may be playing him a bit tongue in cheek as well, and you're like, I feel like, especially after in the first Deadpool where everyone was kind of wacky and strange, uh-huh. it'd be great to just have Josh Brolin as the ultimate straight man against Deadpool's. Yeah, Whoa, I'm yeah. breaking the fourth wall. Um, sweet. Anyway, looks looks all right. I'm sure it'll be good or fine or not good at all. Which will suck because that's like 10 years of it movies is, to build to something that's not good. I, it is on a very small note. It is like I have a lot of faith that it will probably do okay. But it's there is a lot. There's a lot happening in it. There's when that you're worry it, that they'll Age of Ultron it. I, be like, we got to have this and we got to have this and we got to have this and this and this. And this it and might this. help that it's they're not, trying to do it over two films. But like it's quite a lot. Especially when at the end they just throw in like at the end of the trailer. They throw in the Guardian mm-hmm. of the Galaxy and you're like... That's a lot. That's like people. six or seven other characters. Six right or seven there. other characters. Yeah. It's meant to, like if you because I remember when um, Avengers first came out, it was kind of a worry that they would 
get it right. And then when yeah. Joss Whedon was announced, it's like, ah, Joss Whedon, he's quite good at balancing mm-hmm. characters. You had Firefly, he could balance characters, okay? So there was a little bit more reassurance. And then you watch um, the Russo brothers do Civil War, which has lots of characters as well. And you're like, yeah, yeah, they seem to be able to balance it, okay? But this is a lot of characters. This mm-hmm. is a lot of people. But hopefully, yeah, it'd be suck if it was the one team team crossover movie of all of them that just absolutely bombed and was yeah. awful. Yeah, be a shame that this bit would be the one. Pretty excited. Cool. Anyway, uh, we just thought we'd do, just thought we'd do a little bit up the top about that because why not? Because why not? It's why our not? show. Sometimes we break f- structure uh. format. You don't have to stick to the format. No. Do what you want to the format. Sometimes we might even miss our famous segment, Where's the Looper Kid? Where, what's the kid from Looper doing well, now? That... I'm not going to get my phone to play the music. <laughs> sometimes we're just like, sometimes we're like, hey, we don't have time for that seg- um, segment this week. Or again, we've looked and it re- we've realised he's doing the same thing we checked up last time. That's the thing, because how, uh, how much is the kid from Looper doing that there's going to be major updates every week? We struggled to find out what he was doing last week, and that, was, that was episode one. I feel like that's a segment we'll be re- um, reviewing a lot less as time goes. Yeah. Okay. I don't know this heavy. That was the best I know among our many listeners, there is heavy demand for where is the kid from Looper and what's he up to now. Whoa. The segment I can't even remember. What's what it's he doing? Called. What's he up to? What's the? It was just called "What's the Kid from Looper doing now?" The whole episode's titled that, Danny. Yeah. God. Do you want to introduce the show? <laughs> What's up, people of people? And welcome to Second Opinion Movie Podcast, the show where we take a film with a dro- strong general consensus, whether that be good or bad, and we find the imperfections and redeeming features accordingly. I'm Danny Jones, and with me, the man of everyone's dreams, Scott Morrison. Because we're talking about dreams. Yeah, but no one knows that yet. Cause That's we're a talking good... about mention. Well, they know because of the title. Oh, I suppose. But you, you don't know that because... You could just see the title Paprika and like that's hey, true. We we could be talking very passionately about a popular spice. Um, that's true. There is a couple of people who say like say they listen to this, but without usually having seen the movie. And I'm like that's fun, but we spoil, we spoil all those movies, and especially the ones where we're like, hey, this is good and you should watch it. Aye, go go watch it. Like I get if you're not planning on going to see the Dark Tower, listen to the Dark Tower. You know Tron Legacy. Who cares? But, you know, something like, hmm, what's a good one we've done? What is a good one we've done? What's a good one we've done? Well, something like Colossal, I feel like you wouldn't want to listen to that until you've seen the movie. This one, this is an interesting one. I feel like we couldn't, we physically couldn't spoil this film. Hmm. Because we don't, (laughs) because we're not so sure. I I understand it. So we're talking about a film. We're talking about Paprika. Paprika is an animated film, a Japanese animated film about. I believe they call it Amine. Anime. Anime. Anna. Anna. Almania. Good. <laughs> um. About um. Dreams. Yeah, that's like <laughs> entering people's dreams and such. Um, it's from two thousand six. Two thousand six. Very like. Abstract. Very. Quite abstract, but like it's abstract in the dream sequences, but the stuff outside of the dreams is quite linear and understandable. Hmm. It's just you start to go down that whole path that a lot of dream movies have, which is 
how much of this is real how much of like what we're experiencing is actually real and there's a few moments where that happens where you're like you think you're on the right path and then something happens and you're like we're still in and then another character would be like we're still in a dream and you're like oh christ <laughs> like and then you gotta like re-establish the grounds of like what is reality again and um so yeah well what was the story scott oh god how what, what, what happened in this because okay, you know so more than me paprika how do we so there's an invention yes called the, the DC, Mini. DC Mini, which every time they said it, I kept thinking it was like a line of collectibles. <laughs> <laughs> Detective <laughs> like Robert, little yeah. ju- Like little Justice League bobbleheads or something. Aye. Um, and the DC Mini allows you to, from what I understand, share dreams with other people. Was that kind of the... Was that what you yeah, got? Yeah. Like, to share a collective dream. Because at first you think it's to simulate a dream or control a dream, but they don't seem to do any of no. that. No. They no, yeah, there's sh- no kind of inception like we're building a world or anything like that. Yeah. It is more just experiencing. They're in- entering each other's dreams. Yeah. Which- and they can also watch them on Premiere Pro. They can- <laughs> Which was interesting. <laughs> um, so... Oh, God. It's so hard to explain. So, from the get-go, it becomes apparent that the DC Mini has been stolen. This technology has been stolen mm. by somebody, but they don't know who. But someone is going into the dreams, this person who's stolen it, and is totally fucking with them. It's totally messing with the dreams. It's causing people to just lose their friggin' minds. Um, so the film follows uh, a group of people involved in the creation of the DC Mini who are trying to find, figure out who has stolen it by just going into all these crazy dream worlds and stuff, and it's all mental. And Paprika who's the main character, is... The alter ego. Sort of the alter ego of one of the people involved in the creation of the machine. She, Paprika, is kind of the woman that she goes into the dreams as and is able to, like, communicate with people and help guide people through the dreams and all a bit crazy. And so that's... Is that, like, the best way to describe the minimalist version of the plot? Yes. Like, at a base level, it's kind of an an investigation thing of, like, who's nicked this machine... And using it to try and destroy the world of dreams, effectively, mm. like like a corporate people's... conspiracy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it kind of is a corporate conspiracy a little bit. Yeah, so it's like a kind of crime thriller. <clears throat> yeah, as well. There's elements of that, big elements of that, especially because one of the characters is a detective. He's a detective, a homicide detective. Yeah, who's trying to solve a murder, but then it's revealed later it's not quite a murder. Yeah, but we'll get to that. Yeah. Do you like anime? What's your thing with anime? I've never had much of a strong relationship with anime. I've never really watched much of it. The one that I always got on board with was um, Death Note. Oh, yeah. Um, But even then, I'm less crazy about the second half. Um, Don't mind the second half. I just think I'm uh, I'm less crazy about the second half of Death Note. I don't know. Like, I just find that sometimes anime can be too much. Yeah. Uh, especially in a series format, twenty-minute installments, it can be quite. I, there's a lot of character development, and I'm like, I can, I'm, I can see why other people get so invested in it, but sometimes there's just no, I don't know. It's sometimes too abstract. I don't, yeah. I don't even know what it is. Like, I don't mind abstract stuff. I don't know what it is in anime that like puts me off. There's, of it. De- there's definitely. I've always kind of struggled to put my finger on it, but I, I don't like anime. Or I very, I, it's not that I don't like anime. 
there's animes that I like. This has just been one of them. There's stuff I, I like the Miyazaki stuff hmm. because his films really do kind of overcome the tropes of anime that I don't like. Yeah, and he really can He does hold his own. Like I think if you're talking about the ten best filmmakers in the world, I think Hayao Miyazaki should be high up on that fucking list. Yeah, he's an incredible storyteller. Um, but I think with just your average stuff, things like Death Note. I think I can just never get on board with it. And see, I don't uh, know what it is. I don't know if it's that I don't like how kind of abnormal everything is. Or, you know what? I was thinking about it. Even there was a scene in this I was watching where it's quite, um, there's quite an, like an emotional exchange between the female character and the guy who invented the, the DC mini, who's quite yeah. a big guy. He's a very big guy. And she's guy. getting on at him. She's like, being like, oh, you know, I can't believe that, you know, someone like you, like a, a fat man-child, would be the genius that invented this thing, and being quite aggressive to him. And I'm like, oh, this feels like it would be, is really biting. But because it's animated, and the way that the dialogue's delivered, you, I feel like you just don't get the heft of it. Well, like... It's probably worth noting that the version we've watched is a very subtitled yeah. with Japanese speaking. Um, so, like hearing the heft of her saying, it might be a bit tricky when mm, that's true. When you're not even under, you don't know what the voice yeah, actress herself then, is saying. At the same time, but what I mean is, I think it's more like an like an animation thing because, like, we yeah. watch, watch I suppose, yeah, foreign films all the time and get very invested in them. But there's something about anime. There's always just this kind of just barrier that's up and maybe it maybe it's just like maybe it's just a culture thing like maybe i just don't like the kind of stuff that from japanese culture that is put that is kind of common in anime maybe i just don't really relate to it all that much and so therefore it just doesn't do anything for me um a lot of schoolgirls running around all the time there's there? a lot <laughs> there's a lot even in this film there's a lot of pandering yeah there's a lot of like this person's naked just Almost just because. Aye. And it's like, did this need? Did, is this net? Like, it's it's, it's a thing. Is is this necessary? Is this kind of? Aye. And there's some definite, some definite tentacle action going on at one point. <laughs> there is. There is. Yeah. Uh, mm. So there can be a lot of pandering, and there can be a lot of abstractness of it. Um, especially in the TV shows where they throw you into this big world and give a twenty-minute explanation and introduction of all these characters mm. and stuff and a lot can happen i feel like that's always why death note's been one of the ones i was able to get um on board with because mm. death note's kind of set in our world yeah and it's one of the very few that is you even the ones that sort of seem like they're based in some sort of 21st century culture and not based in like real life uh mm-hmm. they can be just like placed into these mm abstract places that kind of represent something similar to us visually mm-hmm. but um so I'm what you watch some of these animes and like they just they they throw so much so much at you yeah and uh, so much abstract stuff so quickly and so fast and um quickly and fast quickly and fast that it can be quite my favorite crime fighting duo <laughs> <laughs> quickly and fast that it can be hard to stay on top and just stay invested yeah Everyone's always shouting. Aye. Everyone's always just like, ah, da, 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 da. and I'm like, oh, just, just calm. Just everyone just, shh. 
You don't need to be shouting all the time with the brows furrowed and it's just a lot. It's that but even something even even something like Cowboy Bebop, which sounds like it was made for me. Like it's everything I love. But every time I've tried to watch it, there's still like a disconnect. Yeah. And I just can't get involved in it and I end up I've tried I think three times now and I always bail around the fourth episode. He's chasing a corgi. I'm like, what's... <laughs> no, I've, I I don't think anime is ever going to really be my thing. There are some uh, some anime films I really enjoy mm, watching. I went back um, and watched Spirited Away for the first time. Uh, well, the first time in a long time uh, this year. And I feel like I really saw a lot in that film that I didn't see the first time I watched it. Yeah? And really got like kind of a personal... My own personal like understanding of that film. I was like, I feel like I get this on a deeper level now. Ooh. I've not like seen it for it. a long, long it's, time. It's real good. You should go back and watch it. I, sh- I, w- I want to. I think it. I think that movie is all about leaving home and getting a job. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's funny. Go back and watch it. I, why do you relate to it so much? Because I had to leave home once and get a job. <laughs> the scariness of suddenly being on, suddenly having to fend for yourself. I think that's what. I think that's what spirit. At least for me, I think that's what. Spirit always about, and that's why I think I enjoy. Even though I lo- I love that movie to death, I re- I prefer the first half to the second half. The first half when they get more into the actual exploration of witches and things like that. I mm. can't can't remember exactly what to say, but that's where it starts to lose me. But the first half, when she's lost her parents and she's working in the hotel and it's all scary and she doesn't know what's going on, mm. that I feel is like super relatable. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But then there's a lot like even then Princess Mononoke as well. Fucking love again, but it's all Miyazaki. It's all it's all him. He's a bloody good storyteller. Aye. Like Prince Mononoke is so interesting because that's a film where you have like what, three, four opposing viewpoints? All of them I could I could get on board with. Like every single character's like uh what am I, what's the word I'm looking for now? Perspective. Motivation. Okay. I could totally get on board with. And that is something I feel like you don't see a lot of the time. A lot of the no. time, there's a very clear, this is the bad guy, this is the good guy. Mononoke, the closest thing they really have to a bad guy is Billy Bob Thornton's... I, I watched the English dub, don't judge me. Um, <laughs> is Billy Bob Thornton's character. He's kind of the closest one to a bad guy, but then even he helps the other characters a lot. And it's just, it's not a whole black and white thing. I like that for something that's kind of not. I get it's obviously not geared towards children, but for something that could be enjoyed by hmm. like younger audience stuff, that's it's a lot to it's a it's a bloody lot. It's challenging bloody viewers. He's, he's he's a good boy, that Miyazaki. Give him an award. Give him something. <laughs> Give him a packet of bonbons from me. <laughs> I, um, I'm totally on board. Just off the bat. I loved this. It was fun. Absolutely. Fucking loved it so much. I don't, and I appreciate that I still don't fully grasp it, but because it's only an hour 20, I'm like, I'll just watch it again. Yeah. In a few days and try and like pick up on what I was missing out because the film is so visually stunning, so fucking gorgeous that like, and there's so much creativity going on that you kind of just get wrapped up in just like, what is all this? Like, what's happening now? And plots being told to you while, like, 
this giant parade of inanimate objects is like marching through a cinema and led by a fridge led by a fridge with a cd player in it <laughs> yeah and i didn't notice like, the cd player <laughs> what's the cd player doing in the fridge it's, stupid film isn't it it was mind-blowing how creative it was even just so the opening sequence of the film is the detective character is being led through a dream by paprika but he's being led through several different layers of dreams and so the transition to each one is stunning because when it starts you kind of just think okay this is starting off it's like it almost looks like uh, the beginning of Casino Royale mm. when they're watching the guys fight the snakes and mm. Bond's in the crowd and he's got the he's you know got his uh, hand. Except in they're it. in a circus. Except they're in a circus, but it's got this a very similar setup. Like there's a circus going on, the detectives in the crowd, and he's trying to work on something, and then the the guy on stage points at him, and then all of a sudden he's in the cage, but then he's also up there, and then lots of people with his face start running down onto the st- stage to rush him. And then right as everything's getting crazy, he starts to sink into the floor. And then all of a sudden he's in Tarzan and he's dressed as Tarzan and he's swinging through the trees. And then he gets hit by a branch. It catches his neck. And then all of a sudden he's got like a bar, a, a wire uh, around his neck and the guy's trying to strangle which him. Which looks like it's from a James Bond film. And you're like, what is that? And then a woman comes up behind the killer and goes to knock him out. And then all of a sudden it cuts to another place and they're in this country lodge and she's hitting him with a guitar and everyone's laughing and i was just like this is madness and then he's trying to run down a corridor at one point and the corridor like as he's running his feet are getting like caught in the corridor as it becomes this weird like ribbon yeah like material a, like and the rug from yeah, off, yeah, off yeah the yeah. corridor the, the corridor's a rug that's being pulled from underneath his feet yeah like fuck man like visually this was just one of the most fascinating movies I've seen in so long. I was so into it. <laughs> Aye, it was just visually, it was just so much happening at all of the times. And like, there's there's stuff that you couldn't even perceive anybody writing down on a script. Yeah. There was just, yeah. The, 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 that was so abstract that you can't imagine what, how you would have and, and like described that to mm. another human being. Mm. Mm. There's a specific film I've always wondered about that with, which is, uh, you know, Field in England. Yes. Which we've watched. Yes, we've watched. I've always wondered the, the, the trip that they go on when they take magic mushrooms in that movie. We won't bother just explaining the plot. <laughs> I've seen that movie where people take magic mushrooms and for about 10 minutes, the film just becomes this abstract series of images and noises. It's very surreal. And I've always wondered, like, what did that look like in the script? Aye. Or do you just put... They go on a fucking Abstract magic also, mushroom yeah. trip, right. and like, they he's got it in his head of what he he thinks it'll look like. Or do you think he has a through line for that sequence or I a mean, sequence like that? Ben Wheatley's Field in England's like a very low budget film, so you yeah. could probably afford to go. Ah, we'll wing it on the day you if think? you wanted to. Hmm. But like, if you were to be a like, if it was to be a more. Um, like a bigger production film. I don't I don't know how you'd be able to do something like that. Yeah. It's super like I don't even know if you'd get it. Can you imagine if that in if in Avengers Infinity War there's a ten minute field in England style like, uh, well, sequence. Doctor Strange. That's true. That's got some abstract That's stuff true. in Doctor Strange. Although it's more geometric based than mm. Doctor Strange. It is more like you could you could all manipulating worlds rather than I, it's the mind. <laughs> but when he falls through all that infinity stuff and like there's even stuff like his hand has fingers which has his hand which has fingers yeah. which is a hand. Um, oh yeah. 
there's more abstract stuff in that. There but... was some cool stuff in that movie. I need to go back and watch Doctor Strange. Aye. Right? Hmm. Then I'll probably watch it and be like, oh no, it was fine. <laughs> that the, the visual stuff in Doctor Strange was really interesting, yeah. but like the actual story itself kind of is mm-hmm. all right. Mm-hmm. It does the job. Mm-hmm. This feels like such a difficult one to talk about because it is paprika, because it is tough to almost grasp. Aye. Or to, I feel like it's a tough film to convey to other people hmm. to talk about it with the idea that someone who's listening might not have seen it. It's a difficult one to talk about. Not in the same way as like Irreversible where that kind of more caught us off guard with like the subject matter. This yeah. is just, this is more like you really just have to experience it kind of. Uh-huh. But to we enjoy this. But we're going to try to describe it. We're going to try to go through. Well, how do we... So I the reason I kind of heard about this film or one of the things that made me want to see it was it was kind of described as Inception before Inception. Hmm. There's a good few comparisons in this. Yes. I think the main one that stands out big time is the elevator sequence. Yes. There's a scene in this movie where um, the character is in the dream world, Paprika. Aye, so the detective character is in the dream world, and Paprika, him and Paprika are in an elevator or a lift, because we're in Britain. <laughs> they're in a lift, and they're going to each. Paprika's taking him to each floor, and on each floor is one of the dreams he was having so there's the circus and on the next floor there's the spy movie and on the next floor there's the tarzan situation and um i was like oh this is very similar to the way dreams are shown in uh, well in inception leonardo dicaprio has built himself like a memory palace almost Uh where he goes down this lift and on each floor there's a memory that he wants to relive it's not a dream it's a memory Hmm. but and then on the bottom floor in paprika on the bottom floor, the character's like, no, I know what's in there. I don't need to see that. It's a dark, bloody bit of my history. Aye. And it was the same in Inception. He's like, the bottom floor, he's like, no, I don't want it. There's a bloody dark bit of the, my history. Don't need to see it. I'm not like, I don't necessarily think there's any kind of, uh, what's the word? What's the copyright word? Plagiarism. Plagiarism. But it's, you've got to admit there's some serious similarities there. There is some similarities, but I feel like the big difference between the Inception structures, its story, and it's even its sort of, like, the, the, even the most abstract stuff, Inception, like the corridors um, turning around and around, has yeah. some sort of logic to well, that it. That was it. It was within, yeah, within the first couple of minutes, there's the sequence where he's running in the, well, when you see the body kind of floating down the corridor. But in Inception, they give an explanation for it with the whole van falling uh, into the river and everything becomes floaty and um, turns. But in this one, they just, they're just like, they don't, they don't need an explanation where Christopher Nolan takes a clinical, almost surgical, like this is, this is the rules of this film. And that's how I will um, continue um, telling the story of this film within these rules. Um, Paprika doesn't stick to anything. It's Mm -hmm. just like, boom, here you go, this is all of the stuff we're throwing at you and we're not really too concerned about how we throw it at you. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's even points in Paprika where they, and they don't explore it, but they did talk about implanting dreams in other other people and things like that. And I was like, yeah, mate, Nolan's a fucking thief. (laughs) (laughs) He's a fucking bin snake liar and he's convinced everyone that he's made this movie that's totally unique. But it's no... It's no unique, because Paprika. <laughs> it's weird that both uh, recent abstract films have involved Christopher Nolan quite strongly. I so. 
irreversible was the same structure as memento oh of course yeah 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 there was <clears throat> there was a point because again we didn't know what paprika was similar to how we didn't know what an irreversible was and there's a point in this movie where a character has a male character has a female character in a very uh suggest like kind of quite an intimidating situation and i was just like oh, not again please i can't <laughs> not another not rape again. scene <laughs> not again like i can't deal with this like if if, the, if this is gonna happen a second time <laughs> i'm done with this whole let's do like crazier movies i'm done with it <laughs> no we'll more just do power rangers forever yeah but even that becomes so like they set up there's a sequence where the villain has paprika tied up and he's quite suggestive. He's kind of like running his hand over and stuff. And you're like, okay, I can kind of get where he's going to go with this. But then he like, because it's, a, I guess, all a dream, he like shoves his hand like in under her skin. Yeah, not and under then, like, her clothes. Yeah, under, under her, her skin. skin. Because, and then rips like that. Because the whole thing with Paprika is that the way she looks outside of the dreams is different to how she looks inside the dreams. Uh, and he goes in and just rips the dream version of her, like that version, off. just off the regular version. And I was like, it's not where I saw that going <laughs> at all. It's crazy. Um, yeah. It's very abstract. Even just moment. that, it's like such surreal imagery. The, just the parade is hard enough to wrap your head around. The parade around is almost in, incomprehensibly mental. Mm. There's so much happening in that parade that you it's almost just bright colours. There's also such a hard cut to the parade the first time <laughs> you see it. So yeah. basically the parade, again, hard to talk about this movie for people who haven't seen it. But the parade is from the kind of get-go when they realise that the dream world is kind of being taken over by something... It's basically just this parade that is powering through the dream world. And it's just all these inanimate objects that are just stomping through the world and just kind of sucking up everything as they dreams. go. Yeah, other people and people who are dreaming and things like that are just getting them to join this parade. And that's what's kind of causing people in the real world to lose their minds and go a bit mental. Because in the real world, they're all running about like, oh, we're off to see the... You know, they're shouting things that... They are shouting at the parade, but in the real world, it makes no sense. Grand in the dream world, it doesn't make no sense either. <laughs> well, um, but the parade is, yeah, it's just such a hard cut to that the first time you see it. Because, and I was like, this is madness. It's surreal. And there's so much to process. There's so mm. much to take in. Like, like what you said, it's like, you see the fridge. And you're like, that's a fridge. And then every now and again, you see it flop over. You're like, there's a CD player in the fridge. Why is there a CD player in the fridge? And <laughs> just so much to take in. And when people are getting turned into, when people are kind of being sucked into the parade, it's like there's a family walking along and then all of a sudden they turn into these big fat golden cats and yeah. join the parade. And just all kinds of madness. And one of the characters gets turned into a robot. And yeah. a lot of characters getting turned into dolls and things like that. There's a lot of like weird old Chinese like mm. looking like China, sorry, looking mm. dolls. Mm. Um, there's a lot happening in that parade. That's it. This is what because everything I loved about Frogs this film, I feel like it's, it's visual. Is visual like I want to just sit people down and be like, look at all <laughs> this, look at all this imagery, like look at how fucking colorful and amazing and creative it is. What one of the people turns into a guitar. Yes. Like they just morph into a band and it's so seamless and looks incredible. Um, yeah. 
God, I loved this. I really did. I'm glad we're talking about a movie that I really loved. Aye. And that kind of, I guess, caught me by surprise. I didn't really know what it was. Aye. Up until now, so. Uh, so the cop in this. Mm-hmm. Let's go through his story. His story is he is in his dreams. There's this murder that he feels somewhat, it seems that he feels somewhat guilty uh-huh. about. And he meets Paprika. And he's trying to solve the murder or something. But then he reveals he knows a lot about film. Like film uh-huh. making. Because uh-huh. he doesn't... He Like he at one point starts shouting he doesn't want to watch any films. And he definitely doesn't want to watch any films. And by the way, he doesn't want to watch any films. Like, what's going on? <laughs> and like, we're, we're, we're watching a movie. Do you want us to turn this off? <laughs> and then, he's, then in one of his um, reruns of his dream, he's talking about not breaking the action line and pan focus. And uh-huh. You start to realize that this person he's chasing is um, from when he was a fil- student filmmaker. Uh-huh. Which is bizarre. It's a and it's not a murder he's trying to solve. He just doesn't... He's feel, He kind of seems to... Reg- Does he seem to regret not finishing the film Definitely. Properly? That's it, yeah? Yeah. Because, like, there, there's this... Everything goes blank. Where everything goes white at a um, couple of points. And then somebody shouts, and what about the rest? Uh-huh. And that keeps happening. And you're like, what the fuck is that happening? And it seems to be the his film lecturer telling him what happened to the rest of the film. Mm. Like, why is there no end to this story? Mm. So it's bizarre. And that's especially because, as you say, you compared his story, there's a lot of relationships to him and Leonardo DiCaprio's character mm. in Inception. But, like, Leonardo DiCaprio's character in Inception has, like, actual guilt on his shoulders yeah. that he's taken with him throughout all these dreams. While just... this guy's trying like was she... first my student film <laughs> he must have a great life yeah that's, that's his one that's regret. the thing it's like he's so regretful that he didn't go off and make these movies but i'm like you seem like a very well respected cop <laughs> who's doing all right like let's not too stress late. too much about it uh, it's not too late how many times do you hear well this film this film or this book or this um comic was written by a a person who used to be a detective or used yeah. to be in the cia and that's why it's so interesting and yeah. stuff he, he's got so you get time. all that sh- a fucking alan rickman didn't start acting until he was like 46 or something <laughs> it's yeah. crazy you got loads of time guy um to his his story is it was well, the one I wanted to talk about first because it's the most bizarre. It's very, it's very strange. It's unique. Because that's what you're saying. It doesn't. It's not like a grand problem. Especially it's not like he legit murdered a guy or something. No. Or I thought like it seems like maybe this is almost like what it's supposed to be. Maybe that's kind of the inversion of film. You watch this dream, this sequence of events, and you think, oh, it looks like he somebody murdered this guy and he's never been able to get mm-hmm. hold of the killer. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, it's he. It's all. It's all a film, and maybe that's why. Yeah. Maybe it's like the whole idea of him making a film, it like is vivid enough in his dreams to make it seem real. Mm. But like, it's it certainly undermines the gravity of that particular story, particular story arc when you find out. That's what he was. Because even film. at the end, like the the vision of the his friend shows up and is like, "Don't worry about it, man. It's all good." You don't need to. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> what's what's all this? <laughs> so that's his story. But I guess then you know it was his dream to become a filmmaker, Aye. and the film's about dreams. So 
I uh, it be a, it's a cool inversion that like it it like it isn't what we think it is. There's a cool twist on that. Mm-hmm. Like it's not even though it's weird to say it's not as serious as we thought it was when you're trying to make a film with a, a lot uh, like if you're trying to make a film with any sort of weight or heft. But like it's cool a cool twist of like that's how real it all was mm-hmm. in the dream. Mm-hmm. Uh, For a while, I was trying to work out what exactly the ramifications were if the dream world was just was you know destroyed i was like well, what's the big deal but then i started to realize like okay it's because in the real world people start going mental when they join this parade there's so. a really cool sequence where paprika's alter ego i can't remember their names mm-hmm. uh the woman from the company is like she enters a dream and uh she's trying to catch up with something in that fun fair and she goes to jump over a fence and it turns out to be the balcony of the flat she's in yeah and that was her, great yeah and like she realized she was about to jump off yeah because like you almost expect in these dream things for it to go back to that if you die in the dream you die in reality mm. that sort of trope but the idea in this is a bit more complex it's more it's, that she was kind of sleepwalking ah, it's yeah. more that like if you if you get too involved in these dreams you risk you could risk your life especially yeah. if you're still awake while you walk through these dreams I did like the way she interacted with herself as in like the way real we'll call them I guess real Pabrika and dream Pabrika going and still complicated but the way they interacted where they would kind of talk to each other in reflections and mirrors mm. and stuff like that it reminded me a lot of and this came before it I le- this is genuinely a positive it's not a good movie this is a positive aspect i can say about it the league of Ex- uh, extraordinary gentlemen what uh the way that they pr- the way they did dr jekyll and mr hyde okay. in that movie it's been a long where Long time since that's how the like there's there's this uh, one scene in particular that's always stuck with me because i love the way it's the love the way they did it where dr jekyll is walking down the corridor of a boat and so there's all the little circular windows and he's talking to mr hyde who's in the reflections so it's like every time he goes past the window mr hyde is walking past and i think that's really fucking that's a really good element of that movie <laughs> That movie has good elements, I swear to God. It's not a good movie, but it has good elements. <laughs> I want to do Extraordinary League of Gentlemen on here. I really Extraordinary do. League of Gentlemen. Ex- a League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I am up for doing that because yeah. I've never heard one good thing heard about it. <laughs> not one good thing I've ever heard about Where's... it. I'd love to see us go and see if you can like convince me Defend. it's a good film. Sean, Sean, Con- <clears throat> Sean, Sean Connery's in it. That's pretty good. <laughs> If you like Sean There's Connery, <laughs> if you like Sean Connery, don't want him to be in it because it was the thing that made ended him retire. Because he was like, I don't understand any of this. <laughs> That's why he didn't want to do Lord of the Rings. Yeah, he was going to play Gandalf, but he didn't understand oh, that it. Wouldn't have been good. And then Ian McKellen didn't really understand it. <sighs> no, Ian McKellen understood. I thought there was a lot of. No, he didn't like The Hobbit. Oh, it's he didn't like he... the filming of the Hobbit. Yeah, that cause... made him sad because he had to sit in a room by himself all the time because everyone screen. else was meant to look small and he was the only one who was meant to look big. Uh... So they had to just green screen him in. That must have been shite. Uh... Doesn't sound like fun. But the no. whole process of filming that movie doesn't look fun at all. So. Um, what were we talking... Yeah, so I liked that. Yes, yes. Reflections. The perception. So her... Was her... The real paprika is her arc about overcoming superficiality, because she has this project projection of like paprika, the who is like version, yeah. literally described as the girl of your dreams, because mm. everybody fancies her and like 
she's a bit more what's what's the word she's a bit more outgoing it's funny like how that. you pointed out there's a scene where she's running down the corridor and changes into paprika you're like you notice that the closer she comes to paprika the more dainty her run gets because <laughs> when she's normal she's like running really serious I get somewhere, and then like the soon as she gets like she's kind of like oh like flailing her arms around <laughs> it was pretty funny but then pip pap Paprika, the dream paprika is like literally girl of the dreams, a bit more outgoing, a bit more adventurous. Um, but she also fancies, or at least it seems, is she got a romance with, with the, the inventor of big the DC guy, yeah, yeah, who is yeah. a big guy. And when we say big, like the way this film visually represents it, he's a massive he's guy. He's introduced into the film stuck in a lift. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, oh, I'm in a bit of a pickle. And you're like, oh, God, who's this guy going to be? But like, and he catch she was reveals that she kind of has a thing for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Which uh, did you feel that came out of nowhere? I guess like I thought at the time it did, but when I thought about it, like when you talk about Paprika being like a, a superficial represent, like a superficial uh. perfected representation of real Paprika, mm-hmm. I thought that maybe that's like it made a bit more sense that that's where it was going. Mm. And because uh, he gets in, he gets turned into a robot, and he kind of evil the the inventor of the DC. Not evil, but like he's he gets taken over. Yeah, and they have to fight him. He gets stuck in a wall in the same way. He gets stuck in the lift. Yeah. You that find, was my favorite scene in the movie. Yeah, yeah. And uh, she helps him out, and that's where the romance is revealed. Um. And like, what's it, what was the line that made us laugh? It was. Um, it shouldn't matter what's out on the in- outside, but that goes to a certain Yeah, that only goes to a certain extent. And I was like, <laughs> everything I've been told is a lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did like that. It's like, yeah, it matters what's on the inside. The outside helps a little bit too, though. I'm not going to lie. Look, it's... I'm going to be honest with you. Large man. Lose a few pounds. We'll be good. Then we can talk. Um... So that's what I thought her arc was. Yeah. Like, it was like a actual getting mm-hmm. over the superficial. Especially when, like, that torture scene, as you say, they tear off the, like, the dream paprika to reveal mm-hmm. the old paprika. Did you think that, that did you enjoy the many twists and turns we were presented with? I tried movie? to keep up with the many twists yeah, and turns. Yeah, because there's, there's a and lot. And some of them, it's like the twist is revealed, and you're like, okay, you have, to, you have to genuinely do some work in your head and think back and be like, okay, so that was that person, and then that. And then he said this, and then that means that that person was doing that. <gasps> <laughs> Carry the one. Yeah. Times multiple by the, in the brackets of the X4. That was great because it, it kept you like fully invested the whole time because you have to pay so such careful attention yeah. to every detail of Wait, the film. Well, well, halfway through we had, a, we had a mini conversation trying to keep up because the, it, it, first it says that the person who stole the DC Mini was a friend of the inventor, the yeah. big guy. But then the inventor falls from the sky somehow, yeah. lands on the ground, and is like put into hospital, like with serious uh-huh. in- injuries. And then we had a discussion. It took it was, us a good fifty yeah, minutes. Yeah, because like, oh, I was wait, like, so he's not the one. Who's I was like, it, so yeah. that he's not it. And then you were like, he was. And then we were both confused, like, wait, what? Was is is he the bad guy yeah. or not? I'm like, um, we had to have a a mini conversation of like trying to set it all straight mm-hmm. in front of us. Like, okay, so. If he fell out the sky and went to injuries, he can't have been the bad guy because uh-huh. that, that's not a very good thing for a bad guy to do. Uh-huh. Um, although, who was the bad guy? Probably should have been obvious from the start. The bad guy was the chairman of the company. Who who's is? Like, 
I don't like dreams. I don't think we should be messing with dreams. And he looks just like Professor Xavier. He's bald and he's old and he's in a wheelchair and the wheelchair kind of floats around. And I was like, like X-Men D voice. <laughs> he, he should have, it should have been obvious he was the bad guy straight mm. away. Like it's almost weird when it reveals he's the bad guy. Um, you're like, that's weird that it didn't occur to me. Yeah. I thought I felt like he was such a nothingy kind of Aye. throwaway character that when it was revealed he was the bad guy, I was like, I guess I guess that's like the logical choice, uh, yeah. That he would uh, be. What about that scene though, where he's like he stood up for the first time, and then you're um, and they're like do, 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 walking along, do, 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 and then he moves to the side, and he's got tentacles for legs. That was, <laughs> that, was that was so. We were both like, whoa! <laughs> and then afterwards, old Papri, um, the real Paprika's like, oh, I must be in a dream. I'm like, do you think? Yeah, do you think tentacle legs? Is that something that pops up in your day to day? Um, that's where a bit of the hentai comes in I also like I loved I loved the scene where the cop and the doctor are just walking along having a conversation about something and then all of a sudden you hear that guy's voice and he like (laughs) rolls out of a bush (laughs) because I guess he's been like following them the whole time behind a bush they were stalked by a wheelchair guy who manages to cut them off go faster cut them off in front and then like walk away like badass of like uh, commenting on the conversation well maybe this 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 this, this, <laughs> he just rolls out like I like that he's like brushing leaves off himself and like yeah there was so many there was a there was moments like that definitely where you're trying and I'm like I'm trying to stay in the serious mindset and like understand this film but goddamn they're doing some stupid shit <laughs> oh man I want to talk about how they defeated the bad guy okay. right so the bad guy's goal is oh, okay. is to <laughs> control consume be all of the dreams it's yeah. kind of hard to pick up which yeah. one it is but he in the city uh the dreams kind of la- like like what's the word overlap in reality so everything comes a bit um more abstract around all these buildings and stuff and he grows into this like i don't know a hundred foot yeah. like I say Just black man, black man, but yeah, not but he's black like as shadow, a, I guess, shadow really, man. Yeah. yeah, like a sh- like a shadow. <laughs> Hundred foot black man. <laughs> no, can't <laughs> be. Um, and so the way Paprika defeats that hmm. is she first of all gets eaten by the robot, her boyfriend. Yeah. Well, her the one she fancies. Then as a slightly giant ghost comes to help the robot out and then then she combines the robot and then becomes a baby coming out the robot yeah and then the more she eats of the dream the more the baby grows up until she grows into uh a also hundred foot yeah and well, as we were talking about naked woman, because yeah. that's apparently somebody's fetish somewhere, a hundred foot naked woman. Um, I was just glad they didn't show the hundred foot man's groin. No. I was fine with that. I was like, you know what, if you just want to make it like a smooth lump there, I'm okay. I'm not going to question it. I'd rather that. I don't need that in, in, any, in cartoon form. <laughs> no. Um, so she turns into a hundred foot like the more of the dream she eats the more she grows up and she turns into a hundred foot woman and then she eats him like mm. eats is like as if like she's her mouth is a black hole and she absorbs mm. him in did they set that up okay that's how you defeat the bad guy there's almost and I want I do think maybe it's a cop out saying this but like I do wonder if there's an element of because it is all set in this dream world 
does any of it have to make sense once you're in that environment? You know what I mean? Yeah. Because the stuff out with that, the stuff in the real world all kind of has rules and makes sense. And then once you're in the dream world, it's anything goes. And stuff's just happening. And you have to just kind of process what's going on. And there's no real explanation for a lot of it. I think it's just another one of those. Aye. But I don't feel it's set up all that well, no. It's just like... It is, it is a bizarre way to end the film. It's a bizarre climax for like... I don't even know what you'd want to say about it. Like it's... I'm not even sure if there's any sort of... Per, like overcome any personal growth. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if there's any villain flaw. It's not like he was like... Oh my god, my one weakness was not realizing I could be eaten by a 60-foot woman! <laughs> like, there's... Do you think it's that Paprika is gone and she's reborn as... Maybe, because it's real-life Paprika rather yeah. than dream Paprika. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe that's the whole superficiality that I'm talking about, where she becomes more herself. Uh-huh. This, this While simultaneously a... eating a large man. <laughs> I just hundred foot naked. Eats woman. a large man is my favorite kaiju movie. Because <laughs> there is a point where the guy turns around and says, like, "Who is eating my dreams?" Yeah. There's a. <laughs> this is what I mean. It's like you just. But need, it is. It is one of those. Just need to watch it. Like I, because it's an abstract film. How do you critique an abstract film? Do you go, "Well, that doesn't make sense." How did she know she could eat all of the dreams? And you're like, you guess you can't, but like, mm. also it's like not like, even unless you take it as like it's a personal growth mm. over and super the shy. I think it's not more than reasonable way to look uh, at it. Yeah, it's a strange climax. Mm. Mm. Just watch it, please. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't think I've ever recommended a film on the show that this passionately before. But like, just go fucking watch it because not nothing that we've said over the past hour, like comes close to describing it you just need to go see it just get a, just get a bloody copy get the japanese version that i've got that you can't read the blurb on the back because it's all japanese <laughs> what is what is the menu like on your copy what the menu the dvd menu yeah yeah what is that like when it came up oh well we posted a photo to the facebook page you can see it there oh but that even that even the facebook page doesn't come close to like does the Facebook No, page... sorry, the, the photo, like, I should have videoed it. There's the video, uh, with the video of... Fuck, Danny, that, that sentence job. went okay, nowhere. Um, the photo doesn't represent the music. The music or played. the movement or the anything movement, like that. Yeah, I wish I'd taken a video. Abstract, the, like, because obviously the DVD menu is the first thing we um, know about this film, because we don't know anything about it. Oh, so it comes it? up with all of these cartoon characters. Yeah. All of these abstract cartoon characters, which, by the way, if you've seen the photo, is basically the parade. That's what the yeah, parade yeah, is. Yeah. And they're music and moving, and you're like, what? There's is... just so much to look at. What is happening? And here? I was, we were both kind of looking at the menu, like, oh, this is all going to be in the movie, I guess. <laughs> this, this is all going to happen. And it does. You see it all dinosaurs and pandas and frogs and guitars and fridges and CD players. That many CD players within fridges is too unstable. Fridgeception. Ah, <laughs> uh, it was good. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, yes. Is there anything else you want to say about it? I don't think so. Remember to be yourself, guys. Remember to just bloody be yourself. It's what's on the inside that counts. And always remember, guys, something important that I always try to remind people of on a day, whenever I can, on a day-to-day yeah. basis, because I think it's something that everybody needs to. 
needs to think about and remember and appreciate sometimes. There are good things in the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, okay? <laughs> There's good elements. And if, if, I'm, if I'm the one who's got to die on the hill and prove that, so be it. I don't mind doing it. I'll, get, tell, I'll show you all. I want to see you die on that <laughs> I hill. I think there is. <laughs> I just like that one thing. <laughs> but let's do that. Let's do League of... Let's do let's do League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I'm up for that. I'd we need to get to it. We need to find it. So, do you think that exists anymore? I like, think if you look in a rubbish Sean bin Connery, out there, you'll find it. Sean Connery was like, I want you to burn every copy. I don't want anyone finding this atrocity. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, cool, yeah, I don't think I've got much more to say. I don't even think my brain could, like, fully put it into words, to be honest. So. No? No? Just check out. Uh, yeah, paprika. That was good. Paprika. This. this is continuing down our streak of experimental like experimental. We want to watch weirder stuff and not just watch like big Hollywood blockbusters that everyone's seen and knows the flaws of. Because hmm. it's more fun to do shit like this. And hopefully, maybe we inspire somebody, just one person, to go. <laughs> if we can just change one person's life, to go by inserting paprika into by, it. by inserting paprika into it. Paprika is the spice of life. Also, remember there was that bit where he like bursts through the cinema screen? Yeah. J.K. Simmons. That was really good. He bursts through the cinema screen and then later on he picks up Paprika and carries her out. But he carries her really like slowly and clumsily and there's still a rip in the wall. So he just... And then he kisses her unconscious body. They make the... We were almost wrapped up. They make the (laughs) cinema look like... There's two instances of this film where the cinema looks like an awful experience. One is where a character stands up in the cinema and starts clapping and goes, Encore! Encore! And I turned to you, I was like, if anyone ever does that in the cinema, I'd kick the fuck out of them. <laughs> and then it was like, literally two minutes later, they're sitting in the cinema again, and then the parade like bursts, bursts in for... through the wall. And I was like, oh no, that's the thing I don't want to happen. Like That makes the Encore thing look ten times worse. The only thing is, is that the Encore thing is more realistic. That probably could happen. Yeah. Although I can't imagine who's getting up and applauding. That'd be weird. Has anyone ever applauded at a movie you've been at? I, I'm not sure a film. Maybe Star Wars. Did people I, clap at Star Wars? I think some people did. I tell you what, the Fucking one time weird. I've heard a cinema applaud was when I went to see Day of the Doctor. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. There was a lot of applaud for that. But then there was a... I really... Like, I saw Day of the Doctor in the cinema and it was just it was such a nice experience because yeah. you were surrounded by extremely enthusiastic Doctor Who yeah. people. And there were so many Doctor Who jokes, obviously, throughout it. They're just, are just references back to other episodes of Doctor Who and the whole cinema's laughing and you're uh. like... At the time when I was the, the huge fucking Doctor Who fan, I was like, yeah, I'm in the right place right Those now. Those are the days, eh? Um, yeah, I... I remember uh, there's films where like, like things like The Force Awakens people when it when like uh, you know the lights go down and then it it's got the little title card thing it's like Star Wars The Force Awakens and there's a lot of like woo and like from the yeah. back and like Force Awakens and Hunger Games and stuff like that you get kind of woo shop uh, but the only films people have probably clapped in people clapped at the end of Les Mis which I guess is fine because it's, like, it's got oh, like a it's theater music. thing but yeah, even then even nobody where, who are you clapping for uh, I was about to say nobody um, made it's there with you and then people clapped at the end of Return of the King I remember that specifically the first the, the first time I saw Return of the King people applauded that but I was like I was only like 10 years old at that time yeah. so so I was just like whoa this is crazy everybody really likes Lord of the Rings <laughs> <laughs> that was your voice when you were 10 I liked Lord of the Rings too when I was 10 I like Lord of the Rings now when I'm 24 it's a good movie <laughs> it's good it's a good movie 
Uh, anyway, with that, ramble time's over. EJ. Yes. If you want <laughs> Eat your cop from Paprika, everyone. <laughs> we didn't really mention looks that like he looked JK, JK Simmons. Simmons. Yeah, he looked like JK Simmons. Yeah, and if you want to get in contact with us, contact. Oh, shit, yeah, all that uh, stuff. Second Opinion Pod of Twitter and Facebook. That's Second Opinion with a two. Uh, eat your JK Simmons. Eat your JK Simmons. Good night, everyone. Paprika or... flavored JK Simmons. Good night, everyone, or good day. Good day. Wherever you are. I bet you're on the bus, right? I like that shirt. Power,